thirst. There are a lot of thirsty people in the readings today. All the Hebrews in the first reading who are traveling through the desert, they're thirsty. The woman at the well, she's thirsty. Even Jesus himself is thirsty. Thirst is a very powerful desire that we've experienced. I've uh, run across a situation, maybe you've seen it in your own uh, children or grandchildren, with little kids sometimes, they want to drink their milk or their juice or whatever it is more than they want to eat anything, you know, and, and sometimes their parents have to stop them or they'll drink so much that they don't want to eat their food. I've known parents who will only let their kids have one glass before they finish the rest of their meal, or sometimes they'll even say, no drink until you've done eating, then you can drink, you know. Uh, because, in, in truth, our thirst is one of the more powerful desires, experiences, that we can have of the body. And so it becomes, certainly is intended to be in the readings today, a symbol of our desire for God. Do we thirst for God? Do we thirst for Jesus Christ? We've all, uh, you know worked hard out in the sun, done a lot of stuff, and been real thirsty afterwards, you know how intense of an experience that can be. Do we have that same intensity of desire towards Jesus? If you're like me, the answer is uh, not all the time, you know, maybe every once in a while, but surely a lot of the time I don't have that thirst that I want for Jesus, for God. And Lent is, of course, a time, a time when we should try to uh, develop this thirst for Jesus. So I want to recommend three ways that we can strengthen our thirst for Jesus. The first one is to focus, to focus on all the bad things in life. Now you might, that might sound crazy, You're like if I do that, Father, I'll just be depressed, you know. Uh, we've got a lot of that going around right now. But the truth is, if we focus on the bad things in life, because we're believers, because we know that Jesus has risen from the dead and is victorious, we can look at those bad things and know that God has a plan, that Jesus is victorious over all that evil. And so what that should make us do is desire for Jesus to come, long thirst for the day when everything will be set right. You know, the, um, the, in the Old Testament reading today, the Hebrew people, they're always the example in, when they're wandering in the desert there, they're always the example of the wrong way to do things. So what if they are very thirsty, right? God is putting them through some hard times out there in the desert. And because why? He wants them to thirst, to desire the promised land. That's where he's trying to take them. But what do they do? They thirst for Egypt. Oh, we should go back to Egypt, they say, right? That's the wrong way to do it. Instead, we want to be like the woman at the well here in the gospel. She also has got a lot of hard things going on in life. Uh, we kind of skipped over this part in the shortened version of the gospel today, but we all know the story. She is, um, she's been married to five different guys, and the guy she's living with now is not her husband. That's the reason that she's there in the middle of the day drawing water, because the other women who would go in the morning, the cool time of the day when you want to go and draw water, not in the middle of the day when it's hot, right? They wouldn't let her come along with them. And so she's got kind of a hard life. And uh, she knows in her moral life that things are not good, that God is not pleased with the way that she's living her life. So she's got a lot of bad things, a lot of difficulties in her life. But she doesn't let those get her down or make her bitter. Instead, they make her receptive when Jesus offers her this living water, this new life. See, uh, by, when she sees the bad things of her life, it makes her thirst 
for God. What about us? We're in the middle of this terrible uh, coronavirus pandemic stuff, you know, we could get down about that real easy. Or maybe, you know, you've got personal tragedy in your life. Maybe you're struggling with some sin in your life. Uh, we could look at easily around and say, oh, there's a lot of bad stuff and get down about it. But instead, we should look at that, those bad things in our life and know that Jesus can fix them and thirst for him. We thirst for the day when Jesus will come into our hearts and put an end to all that is disordered in our soul. When Jesus will come back again to this world and get rid of all evil and sickness and disease and sin, right? That is what we should do. When we see the evils of the world, we should thirst for Jesus Christ. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. So that's one way that we can thirst, I think, grow in our thirst for Jesus. Here's another one, and that is exercising the virtues. Of course, whenever we exercise, it makes us thirsty. Well, it's the same way with the virtues. I mentioned that during this Lent, I was going to try and hit on a couple of the virtues that oppose the capital sins. Well, here are three of them. The virtue of temperance. Temperance is that virtue which opposes the capital sin of gluttony. We always get too attached to the pleasures of the world. That's what gluttony reminds us of. Well, temperance is that virtue by which we use the pleasures of the world in a healthy, reasonable, moderate way. And the truth is, when we do that, when we exercise the virtue of temperance, we find in ourselves an awakened thirst for God, for the things not of this world, the greater pleasures of the life of the Spirit. So that can help us thirst for Jesus. Again, the virtue of chastity is opposed to the capital sin of lust. And uh, it's the same deal. When we, uh, when we exercise our sexual desires in a, a controlled way, a reasonable way, by using the virtue of chastity, then what we discover is we are awakening in our hearts love. Love for Jesus Christ. We're not concerned with the, the lusts and the attachments to the people of the world or the things of the world. We are in love with Jesus Christ. A third one that we can bring out is the virtue of meekness. Meekness is opposed to the capital sin of wrath uh, or anger, as sometimes said, which you probably have experienced recently in the store, you know, or maybe you deal with that all the time in the uh, driving around on the road, right? We all have plenty of opportunities on the internet to deal with wrath in our life. Meekness means that we control our anger. We don't allow it to get out of hand so that we are able to respond more effectively. But again, it's about recognizing that Jesus is the one and the only one in the end who can set everything right. And so when we exercise the virtue of meekness, again, it allows this thirst to awaken in our hearts for Jesus. So I encourage us to think about in this season of Lent how we can exercise those virtues and all the virtues. And that brings us to the third and final way that we can grow in our thirst for Jesus. And that is, this is probably the most important, to recognize how Jesus thirsts for us. This is brought out very clearly in the gospel today. Jesus is thirsty, right? But he's not, he never actually gets a drink. Did you notice that? You know, what he's thirsting for is this woman's faith. That's what he's really thirsting for, her faith. He loves her, right? And he says that about his father, too. He says, talking about how to worship in spirit and in truth, he says to this woman, the father seeks 
such people to worship him. Right? The Father is searching for us, is thirsting for us to worship him in the right way because in that worship we grow in our love for God and for the Father. And, you know, what else, uh, what means more to us, what awakens a deeper love in our lives than the knowledge that somebody else loves us? God loves us so much. That's what Jesus is saying. How much does he love us? Look at the cross. He gave his only son. Jesus gave his whole life, poured out his blood on the cross so that we might thirst for him the way that he thirsts for us. So let's use in this season of Lent some of these ideas of exercising the virtues and um, uh, looking at the bad things around us to see that uh, only Jesus can bring about what is good and ultimately recognizing how God loves and thirsts for us as a way to awaken in our hearts a thirst for that living water of the Spirit and then to quench that thirst at the open heart of the Savior.